This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. recording jesus christ hey hi hi karen hi georgia how are you (laughs) don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen it's my favorite murder i'm karen kilgareth i'm georgia hardstark and we're here to talk to you about murder you guys you like talk about murder Mm, we're murder nerds (laughs) turns out a lot of you like to talk about murder Turns out it's not that rare or weird. No, I think it's just that other people don't live in big cities where everyone talks about, you know, there's more people that you've talked about murder with. I think a lot of people are like the only person they know that likes murder. Yeah, you can't go to your mom with this shit. She's going to shake her finger at you no matter what. Yeah, and your husband's going to get scared of you. Yeah, he's going to be like, holy shit, I married that. Yeah, your coworkers are going to be like, something's wrong with her. She's going to kill me in the bathroom. I feel like, like, why are you that into it? Coworkers are always that girl. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, Did you take my yogurt? I'll murder you. Like, I will murder you. <laughs> I don't think that's interesting because my brother's best friend got murdered when he wasn't. I think that's actually really mean to like death. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's perfect then. That means I never have to talk to you again. That's how I've negotiated my life personally. (laughs) I test it out. Scaring away. Do your eyes go wide? Oh, then I've now weeded out the week. Goodbye. Do you furrow your brow or jump up and down and clap and say, I love murder. That's how you pick your team. Totally. Yep. That's how we found each other. Do you know, did you already know that, uh, Kara Clink loves murder. I think she told me recently. She loves it too. That's oh that's, yeah. She texted me and was like, "I have a murder story I want to tell." I have hers. You have it, and it's amazing. We're playing it. Do you know that there's like, I've had a the best the best compliment is when someone you know kind of from like your world writes to you and is like, "I love your podcast." And yes. You're like, I didn't even know you listened to it. Yes. I have a few friends who are like acquaintances who've done that, and they're like. I have a story I want to tell you. And I'm like, I will, it should be on the podcast. Yes. I love it. It's yeah. Because there's, I, I have, I've had the same experience and I kind of want to go like, it's so nice that you would even, the second I see somebody talking about their podcast, I'm like, turn off brain. Like I never pay attention. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, I have the gall to have two. (laughs) Right. Look at us. I mean, we're just, are we allowed? Cause it's like, there's so many other things I, I'm interested in. Can we, let's do one more together about something totally different. A different podcast? <laughs> Would it have the same passion no. though? Like what? Do we have another thing in common? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll see it. myself out. <laughs> um, you know what it is? What? We could talk about vintage clothes. Do you like vintage clothes? Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Okay. In two months, we can talk about it a lot. Does anyone want to hear about fucking shopping no. and clothes? Nope. There's a reason. What are you going to do? Describe them? Yeah. <laughs> it, it had pockets and buttons. <laughs> I kind of looked like that one scene from Greece yeah. where they were at the dance. Yeah. This is why, I, because there's only so many vintage clothes, but there's just an infinite amount of murders. Yeah. Because everyone's murdering. God, guys, we just did the cracked.com podcast, yeah. which was so awesome. So much fun. When does that come out? Shit. He told me and I don't remember. <laughs> Jack, do you remember Jack's last name? Nope. God, we're the worst. We are so self-centered. Today's a little bit of a lazy Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, we hung out last night and went to a drag show. Oh my God, Jackie Beat. That was a great show. It was so hilarious. Yeah. And... Uh, we told your friends about why did we start telling them that we had a murder podcast? Who? Your two friends that were oh, sitting next to us? I don't know because when people are like, what are you up to? Like, oh yeah, I don't know what to say. Yes. Cause everything sounds like bragging. Mm-hmm. Like, well, <laughs> what am I up to? I don't know. Like this thing that's not that great, but sounds great. Yeah. So I just don't know how to answer that question. Yeah, saying you have a podcast is good because it definitely does not sound like a brag. No, because <laughs> it's just like outing yourself as a fucking self-indulgent yeah. weirdo. So, yeah, and it's also a nice way to test the waters. Like, are you interested in this or no? Yeah. And I think everyone is. I think so. Well, because that's the what we were talking about last night is everyone watches 2020 in 48 yeah. hours. Like, that's the reason they're popular shows. Yeah. And even people who don't, like Vince... wouldn't put it on but when it's on he's like dialed in yeah because it's good some good young storytelling it is um so this was from we had someone talk on the twitter um feed which made me really happy and of course made me laugh again anytime people are tweet tweet in yakuza you tweet in (laughs) any of the stuff that we can't remember when we're while we're talking we love it we love it it, we would drive you crazy with not knowing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's just who we are. But um, it was, if I can't find this, it'll be the worst. Sorry. Now I'm going to be doing reading talking where it sounds like I'm not paying attention. It's okay. I'll talk over you. Go to my fave murder on Twitter. That's our Twitter account. Follow us there. Of course, you guys already know about the Facebook page. We have almost 5,000 people in that freaking page. And it's like when I can't sleep at night, I just scroll through it and read all the the articles where pe- people are putting up. God, it's so good. Today. I do the exact same thing. And pretty soon we're going to have t-shirts. Like in the next week, you're going to be able to pre-order your shirt. So good. Which is so exciting. Did you find it? Yep. Oh, good. Uh, no, no, I didn't. But oh. it's I know I'm close because I remember these. Um, it was just a woman who said that she had to look up when I was talking about the, uh, oh, suppressive persons was oh, one, yeah. uh, that we could not think of that phrase when we were talking about Scientology, <laughs> but lots of people could think of it and told us, which we love, um, that there was a woman who looked up, uh, the thing that I called like ground hypnosis. I completely right. made up the title for it. It sounded great. It's for when people, when pilots are in the sky, they can't look at the ground because they'll just instinctually just drive the plane into the ground yeah and she said what it was called yep i can't find it yeah, god damn it edit this part out um can we really sorry if you want unless you can find it um this is my challenge to find it in five seconds five do, 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 four do, do, do. three i mean two it's like all right uh i just retweeted it i thought well but maybe but maybe I've been secretly going in and deleting tweets that you <laughs> just for fun. 
just for fun. Uh, here's the here's this is a quote from us. I love when people quote us. I know because I'm self centered. It's a powerful feeling. Uh, here's the thing I know about skateboarders: they're massively chill. They don't murder families," <laughs> said Karen. <laughs> I love it. Oh, someone said, "Quote: Worst case scenario, he eats the baby." Oh, well, that was you. That was me. That was you that you would never let Albert Fish babysit your kid. <laughs> right. Um, by the time you're old, you're either completely evil or an American hero. <laughs> 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 oh, no, wait. Impressive persons. Um, <laughs> someone said, <laughs> you said, you're in a cult. Call your dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I was just letting... Scientologists know how it is. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Fuck it, I can't. I can't find this. Okay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, and, 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 let me see another quote. And, 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 how about Shelley Miskovich is missing as fuck. Missing as fuck, girl. Pretty great. That is a good one. I love that I talk like that. My mom would hate it. All right. Oh my god, my father. The amount of F's and S's that I say on this podcast, my father <laughs> would be livid. Um. Oh, do you want to talk about our new favorite show? Sure. The affair. No, you mean the family? That's what I meant. <laughs> I hate the affair. The affair is a bore, right? It's a trash heap. It's not even a bore. It's like, it makes me angry how just vapid and stupid every single person is on it. And I don't care about you guys. And I, you fucking deserve each other. You have to go on. I think they're from a while back but John Levenstein on Twitter mm -hmm. was doing like basically live tweeting the affair and it was literally like will he finish his book we just don't know like he was <laughs> pretending that this those right. plot lines were exciting and it was really hilarious oh I just want to kick that all on the vaginas yeah I didn't I didn't watch it because I don't care don't if people have it. affairs or not it's, no. I feel it's none of my business but yes the family oh my gosh so uh, someone on the Facebook group was like, in a comment, was like, has anyone watched The Family? And I need a new binge watch show. So I was like, I'll check this out. Joan Allen? Yeah. The guy from Friday Night Lights that's super cute? Yeah. And Matt like, Sorensen? Who's the cute? Oh, that's oh, that's what he's from. The Big Brother? Yes. It's from Friday Night Lights? Yes. I was wondering. I couldn't place him. Gosh, he's cute. He's the super cute guy that dated the coach's daughter. And yes. Oh, and he like ran away and shit. Yes. yes, he was very cute. He's beautiful. He's so weirdly beautiful. He's like plain and beautiful at the same time. And he's got that like skater, like bad boy look to him. Yeah. Like you want to fix him. Yes. In this, but that's how good of an actor right. he is because in Friday Night Lights, he was like the a little abandoned boy that was being raised by his grandma and trying to be yes. a good football player, which was like heartbreaking. You want to take care of this fuck. Yeah, because he's got those big eyes. Oh, my God. So here's the plot, which is like my dream plot of anything ever is a kid goes missing at eight. Fucking I love kidnappings. Come 10 years later, comes home. Steven is, Stainer. Who's, what's he from? Steven saying that's the real life thing that that really oh, happened. Right. I'm pos These are my theories. I'll just shout out what I think they're basing it on. Okay. There, Cause there's, it's a lot of like true to life shit. Yeah. The kid comes back. Is it really the kid or is it not the kid? Where has he been? That's the documentary, the imposter there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, does someone know something? Does someone not know something? There's like suspicions. That's the podcast. Does someone know something? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, the, 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 is the cop fucking the dad? Yes. Yes. But you, that's not a spoiler alert because you find that out immediately. Yeah. My, it's so great. And what I love about it is that it, the, the biggest bombshell in the show doesn't happen until like a few episodes in. What's the sister? 
Oh my God. No, they keep, they just keep, I think they did a great job of like understanding that these days people need more than just one like storyline like that. Right. And folding in things that are fascinating and possibilities. Like they've basically made it the most dramatic possible show. Because then you want to go back and be like, I watched it from the, an angle of thinking this was happening and I, and the whole time I didn't know this other thing was happening. So I want to go back. You'll, you'll understand when you watch, I want to go back and see everyone's reaction now that I know they know what's going on. And the, the flashbacks are great. They're mm-hmm. all, it's all these like present day, 10 years ago, like who got kidnapped? Oh my God. Andrew McCarthy. Oh my God. He it plays like the town rapist creep who gets <laughs> exonerated when the kid comes home because he got tried and convicted for the murder of this kid. Yeah. Who and he is the and best went creep. to child went to jail as a child molester yeah. murderer, he, which I is mean, bad news. But he is into kids, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got some problems. Yeah, he is ugh, such a good creep. Yeah, he really is. And he's I'm got really, kooky eyes. Yeah, I'm happy to see him back in the acting world. Mm-hmm. He directed an episode. Yeah, the flashbacks are incredible, <clears throat> and there's nothing I love more than a secret. Uh, buried room oh yeah in the woods how how what would you do in there how would you get out yeah and and how crazy would you go and how Um, terrible okay here's my problem with it the police officer doesn't know how to police never lady yeah she is the worst she should have been immediately fired after (laughs) he gets exonerated a yes everyone finds out would have been fucking the dad immediately taken off the case you're and you're still on the case like yeah. so much of the cop shit is such bullshit i can't she like shoot someone who's unarmed she and nothing happens yeah i but that actress played daughter maitland in uh, uh boardwalk empire and she was <gasps> so incredible Shh, uh, you're killing like I, i'm always like i know that face from somewhere yeah I that's what she is oh, i had to look her great. up because i was like i know who that is and it's she has she had credit with me and i didn't know why and then i looked it up and i was like it's fucking daughter Maitland. i was like this must be her first role i've never seen you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know shit um i just hate it's, I love it all. It's great. But it, I have the same problem with this that I did with the killing. I don't give a fuck if people are running for office. I don't want to know about their stresses. Right. I think it's the most boring thing possible. It's It makes me crazy. So it's like, we've got the big speech yeah. tonight. There's nothing more boring than running for office. And my thing is, too, like, you guys are wealthy. Just stay home and chill. <laughs> like, in my life. Yeah, don't power through it by no. continuing to run for, like, state senate. Yeah, stay home with your... Like, if I, were the, if I were the mom and my kid came home 10 years later, I'd be like, we are fucking staying home together. For at least a week. At least a week. <laughs> and bonding. Yeah. Also, we're already rich. Who wants to be fucking mayor? I mean, ridiculous. Don't, don't you know about, like cooking and hanging out at home and like being a good parent and like or that if you go through a major life trauma you're allowed to stop doing the thing that you're doing for an indeterminate amount of time totally. so that you don't have a nervous breakdown yep yeah yep yeah i there's get a it couple, there's a couple flaws but overall it's very entertaining the, the cop part is so huge for me that i almost can't i almost can't but the sister is played by Allison Pill, who is one of the greatest actors. What is she from? She, <laughs> Again, she well, no Scott Pilgrim. She was the the um, the girl who was the drummer in Scott Pilgrim. Yes, She's she like was sassy. great in that. But she was on an episode. What was that? Um, in 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 treatment. Did oh, you ever yeah. see that show? I never got past the first episode, but I know it was supposed to be great. Um, with Gabriel Byrne, mm-hmm. her episode of it is so good mm. that I was like, 
oh my god this actress is so good and then i just start, started seeing her in a bunch of stuff i need to go back and watch it and the little girl who plays her in the flashbacks the two of them i mean yeah. you know when you see flashbacks and you're like come on or they're you're like they hired her because she looks like her but she's a terrible actress right it's like one of the two this girl's great she looks great. like her well and also i feel like because joan allen plays the mother and i mm-hmm. feel like joan allen is probably in a position where she got to call at least a couple of the shots in this situation of yeah. how the show was set up you get Matt Sorensen, you get Alison Pill, you get that British actor who's in everything in England and is now on this show. Which one is he? Um, he was on. I don't know, but which one is he in the show? Oh, the dad. I knew he had an accent. Yes. That was bothering me because it was coming out a little bit. And, I don't, and it's like, well, fine. He cannot, he can be from England when he was a kid. But for some <laughs> reason, it's like, that, that bothers me. Well, you know, they always give British actors credit because they're so much better than American actors on the whole. But right. oftentimes, it, you have to have a good ear to be able to do a convincing American accent. Yeah. And we, I think most people are like, of course he can do it. And then they're just like, well, every once in a while, they'll drop an R or do a weird thing. Exactly. And and then you get pulled out of it. I do. But then I'm like, but he can have been from Germany or from fucking England or from like Australia. And it does like I, I know I need to just get out of my head. Yeah. But it does take you out of it. Yeah. I just love that guy because he has been working consistently for easily 30 years. He's in everything wow. in England. That's, that's awesome. For all my BBC obsessive television watching he's just like, oh, he's in every other thing. Go to Hulu. You can binge watch the first like 11 episodes. Also, there was a really good 2020 I just recorded that's about David Miscavige's father and that book that guy wrote about Ooh. him and how that guy himself is crooked. Ooh. And it's it, I started watching it last night. I don't know how, but I fell asleep in the, in the middle of the 2020. <laughs> but it was good. And David Miscavige, when you see him talk he is so goddamn crazy oh my god it makes so much sense he's the head of a cult like scientology because he just looks like a goddamn lunatic a lunatic narcissist fucking you know he looks like one of those like the kid in your class who was such a little shit and the teachers all loved him and he wore fucking vests yeah all the time he he's the kind of person that smiles without including his eyes (laughs) so it's a lot of teeth Mm -hmm. but then the eyes are like look like they want to murder you If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, 
Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Yeah. Speaking of murder. Speaking of which. What's your favorite this week? Is it me first? I think so. What's our theme this week, Karen? We The theme is let's not do themes anymore because they paint us into a corner and, and make us do it all wrong. <laughs> I think when we don't have an idea of what we want to do, like let's for the next couple ones not do a theme let's play fast and loose yeah and then like if, we, if i have one that i want to talk about and you don't have one i can be like okay well here's the theme that will work with this but we could also go into a realm at some point where we assign each other Ooh, <laughs> i like that i like an assignment i wish you guys could have seen her face <laughs> she genuinely liked that idea i lit up those you already have very big eyes and they just want like three times bigger Ooh, am i scary oh werewolves london is Are, that your is that your murder yeah um those london werewolf murders um no mine is and interestingly enough happened in the year 2000 oh my every single murder from now on for you was gonna have happened in the year 2000 yeah shipman didn't really didn't really serve the purpose it was supposed to so now it's all gonna be makeup work that's actually how my whole life is <laughs> i fuck up something and then i'm constantly making up for it long past the time when anyone's interested putting more putting more effort into it than you would have had to if you had just done it the first correctly time. the first it. time i get yeah. that yeah Always. Guys, hi. This week, my favorite murder is the murder of a young woman named Chandra Levy. This is a fun one. This was crazy. I also. And turns. Crazy. Um, and this is a. I find this is a fascinating. I just talk total shit about no one cares about when you're running for office. And this is all about like politics stuff. Totally. But it's the part that I actually believe. I want, you can cut straight to if you think a congressman has murdered somebody because I'll believe you. Oh, always. Yeah. So I, I don't want to know. I think everyone will. Yeah. Right. Because talk about power hungry sociopaths. Well, that's the thing is like, that's the thing of they want it to be someone crazy and huge. They don't want it to be some, fucking dipshit yeah who doesn't just whose life isn't worth half of this girl's life right they want it to be some powerful maybe there's like the government behind it dark right something dark she found out a government secret totally. then they had to kick yeah it could just go super crazy yeah. and i remembered um because i had a lot you know a lot of 
big ideas and judgments and what I actually thought. And even in remembering it before I did the <laughs> looked anything up, um, was like, Oh yeah, I think he really did it. And they just couldn't pin it on him. And then I remembered there's a movie called, um, absolute power. It's a Clint Eastwood movie from 1997 with Gene Hackman. Ooh. Do you remember this where he is a cat burglar? He's like a jewelry thief and he goes, um, to rob this apartment and he get he finds a safe room. And that has like a one-way mirror and he's in there stealing diamonds and then the people come back. So he has to shut the door and hide. And he witnesses the president murdering his mistress. Fuck, that's cool. Then he, then he, while he is trying to figure out a way to expose it, the, 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 um, president's whole team, including Judy Davis and, uh, and the guy that, that always plays, that played the president on 24, Dennis. Eh, it doesn't matter. You're the one who remembers this shit. Sorry. <laughs> if you don't remember it, you're, you're fucked. SOL. Um, basically they, they go about covering it all up. And it's, it just makes it so believable when they, they start pulling people that could be accused of it. You know, the way that they will do it to clean up a massive, yeah. um, thing like that. Here's so, my problem with that though. If you have a safe room in your house, you probably also have an alarm system. Yes. Set up. So how do you even get in in the first place? Oh, I think there's a scene where he's like undoing the Beep, alarm boop, boop, system. Boop. Okay, got it. <laughs> Beep, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. And then it's Clint Eastwood whispering to himself yeah, in a gravelly voice. Tiptoeing. So that's what was in my mind. And that was this, that was three years before this even happened. Okay. Um, so in uh, October of 2000, um, Chandra Levy, who was originally from Modesto, California, uh, who went to San Francisco State, she was a Bay Area girl. Um, she, Which means you're going to get fucking murdered. That's right. That's how we do it. Um, she had a degree in journalism from San Francisco State, and she went to USC to get her master's in public administration. So she be so in October of 2000, she uh, went to D.C. to become a paid intern um, for the Federal Bureau of Prisons, cool. a thing I didn't know existed until just today. Uh, I immediately assumed it was the FBI and kept moving until later on they brought it up again. And I was like, oh, shit, this, that, that changes it. Yeah, corporation uh, federal money. Bureau of Prisons. How much money do you people make? Jesus. Um, so her internship was abruptly terminated in April of 2001 because her academic eligibility um, was expired in December 2000. So um, since she'd already completed her master's degree requirements, so she was planning on going back to California in May 2001 for her graduation at USC. Um, so on May 6th of 2001, Chandra Levy's parents call the D.C. police and say, we can't get a hold of our daughter. She hasn't called us and we can't contact her for five days. And that's completely like not normal. And we need your help. So um, they flew out to D.C. Yeah. And, um, you know, they start talking to the police um, and in interviews with the police, her father tells them uh, that she's been having an affair with a congressman. How does he know that? I guess she told her parents. Oh. So, which I think is kind of good. It made me happy that, that they least, knew about her life. At least she told her best friend and the best friend was like when she was missing or something. Yeah, maybe said, this is what I think you guys you need guys to know. You guys never keep secrets because then they can't find out who murdered you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but, but then again, don't keep a diary. There's a lot oh, of conflicting yeah. messages on this podcast. Yeah. You have to stay with us 
um, keep a word document. The if truth you need to. will be revealed <laughs> eventually. Eventually, we got you know we have a plan. Yeah, there's a long term five year plan for this podcast. <laughs> so, um, so Chandra Levy's mother, I mean father, tells the cops you need to look at Congressman Gary Condon because they've been having an affair. So on May 10th, um, the police get a warrant to search her apartment and they find her purse with her ID or credit cards, all her good stuff, two suitcase that are ha- suitcases that are half packed. Um, her answering machine's full. There were two messages from Car- Gary Condit on the answering machine. Um, and when a police sergeant tried to examine her laptop, uh, he inadvertently corrupted the internet search data uh, as he was not a trained technician. You fucking idiot. I bet he got in trouble like she should have on the family. Yeah, that's. I hope he got in trouble because it took them a month to fix it. It was the year 2000. Um, so they finally are able to access what her last searches were on that computer. And it was uh, on, on May 1st. And it was for Amtrak, Southwest Airlines, Baskin Robbins, Gary Condit, a weather report, and then the very last one was at 1224 for the Pierce Klingle Mansion, which is the park office building for um, Rock Creek Park. Um, so an, basically another month goes by. So this is two and a half months now from when she's reported missing. They finally search this park. Wow. And it's... Uh, which is by her house? Yeah, I think it was, they said, within four miles. Okay. Um, 30 cops search the park and they don't find anything. And then they search it again, like a couple weeks later and they don't find anything again. They go to talk to Gary Condon. He denies, um, any knowledge of knowing what happened to her. Um, and the Levy family is now talking to the press themselves, which this is how it always goes. I remember when this shit broke and it was like fucking heavy it was crazy and uh the levy family tells the press they think that gary condit has something to do with her disappearance so now it's on like donkey kong because we've got a congress a seated congressman is that what you say they're seated sure like an in place working (laughs) congressman Mm -hmm. who's having an affair he's married this girl is uh in her early 20s um and and an unpaid intern or no paid intern sorry wow a paid intern that he's having an affair with uh not the only woman he's having an affair with wow as as is later revealed powerful hungry men so this is the kind of story that at the time this was pre 9-11 obviously this is pre 24-hour news cycle so this was back when you know cnn was its own cable channel but they would be like horse rescued out of a ravine Mm -hmm. um you know this plane crash only two p it was a biplane only two p it was like that kind of stuff and then when big stuff like this hit it would go all day and night yeah yeah. so it was different than it is now that people are used to it would just be like here we are the are all the alarm bells are ringing um uh so the dc police chief announced on may 22nd um 2002 so this is, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, in July t- 2001, Fox News opinion poll of 900 people, uh, 44% said they believed that Gary Condon had something to do with Chandra Levy's disappearance. Based on no evidence, right? Based on nothing. And 51% p- of people said that they thought he acted guilty. 
Uh, and I think this also had something to do with the fact that, you know, the story broke probably at the end of May, beginning of uh, June. This is a whole month and nothing's happened. Yeah. So now you're just letting people stew and simmer and speculate. And watch the same fucking news over and over and over. The like yeah. same coverage, the same, these beautiful photos of her and yeah. this, you know, this fucked up senator. Yeah. And like, yeah. and just the people want answers. They want something. Totally. Um, so on May 22nd, 2002, um, the police chief announces that skeletal remains matching Levy's dental records have been discovered by a man walking his dog and looking for turtles in Rock Creek Park. So two years later. Yes. Okay. Two years later to the month. Okay. Um, I want to see a picture of the man who was looking for turtles. I mean, and immediately guilty. Is he guilty or is he a big man child that had his whole life ruined because he stumbled upon a dead body? Great question. Um, and it was down a hill, down a hillside in like a ravine. So detectives found bones and personal items scattered but not buried in a forested area along a steep incline, including sports bra, sweatshirt, leggings, tennis shoes. Man, bitch was going for, not bitch, chick was going for a, <laughs> a run jog. In the afternoon. Yep. Daylight. Yeah. So um, on June 6th, uh, after the police completed their search, private investigators hired by the Levies found her shin bone with some twisted wire um, about 25 yards from the other remains. Wow. So there's fucking major evidence that is right nearby that these cops do not find. Wow. And after two sweeps of the park. Yes. I, w- I want to see the spot like off of the trail where she was found. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is that a busy trail? Is it not? I mean, and then logic of when people get rid of bodies is they throw them downhill. They're not going to carry them uphill. Right. So you need to look down every hill. Yes. The well, there's all kind. I mean, and also you nowadays they do it and you see it all the time where if there is a body, they have then like taped off you know 500 yards around the outside yeah you don't you the idea that it's 25 yards away and that's just like oh oh well well that just shows that a person isn't you know because someone who is experienced in in finding human remains would know that animals would have scattered the bones yes you need to look everywhere two years and those those bones do matter it's not like it's like well it's a shin bone it doesn't matter because it had wire around it you can find out where the wire came from oh no it's totally it totally mattered because the police chief was uh quoted as saying it's unacceptable that these items were not located wow which is like well that's all well and good but now we're after the fact where those pis weren't hired which is another thing that points to that thing of like you got to be rich to get any justice in this country because if there weren't hired private investigators that would have never been found yeah um, so the D- D.C. police claimed that they would have discovered Levy's body earlier if not for a miscommunication regarding the scope of the search. Commanders had ordered the search within 100 yards of each road and trail, but searcher um, searches were focused within 100 yards of roads only, resulting in body remaining undiscovered for a long period of time. Makes no fucking sense. No. You're searching a park. You clearly check trails. That's what people walk on in parks. Totally. It doesn't even make sense. And also the fact, I mean, this clearly is just totally mishandled because at this point, like you're, you've, 
you you let somebody touch a computer that clearly will have vital information on it mm-hmm. that puts you behind a month and then you do a search where you basically kick some leaves around the park and go home and you're like well sorry I'm and in the meantime it. this dude's entire career is over and like ruined yep did he sue? Okay, tell me more about it. Um, well, the other thing, too, is that there are theories that the body got dumped after the police searched. So oh, she may not have been there okay. the first time around. But it seems d- doubtful if they didn't even search off of right, trails. Right. You know, it didn't seem thorough or like they even kind of knew what to do. Um, anyway, so... In the autopsy, the coroner found damage to her hyoid bone, which is the U-shaped bone in the back of your neck that supports your tongue. I'd never even heard of that before. Hmm. Um, which suggests strangulation. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, I know there's a, that little bone. Yeah. If that's damaged, it's like you've right. been squeezed. Um, but there's no conclusive evidence because the body was outside for two years. Uh, so... <clears throat> of course, then, uh, in September 2001... Um, D.C. police and federal prosecutors contacted by the lawyer of an informant in a jail saying that they know who Levy's killer is. And um, he says a man named a 20 year old illegal immigrant from El Salvador named Ingmar Guandic. I'll just say that's how you pronounce his last name, um, who he shared a cell, a cell with, told him Condit paid him twenty five thousand dollars to kill Levy. Wow. So. <clears throat> The investigators ruled this story out um, because Guandique was in jail because he'd admitted to assaulting two women in Rock Creek Park. What? Uh-huh. So, um... Wait, they ruled him out? Okay. They, no, they ruled in. out Gary Condit um, paying this guy. Okay. Because they'd already had oh. um, Guandique in jail because he'd already... Uh, Attacked two women with knives and raped them in that park. That sounds like a pattern. It seems patterny to me. It does. Um, so, so uh, it turned out that Guandic had showed had failed to show up for work on the day of Levy's disappearance, and his former landlady recalled his face appeared scratched and bruised Whoa. at the time. So he uh, Guandic took a polygraph, failed, but he didn't speak English, and the polygraph administer person administering administering the polygraph didn't speak Spanish. Okay. So yeah, question mark. Um, and this was the only story in the news, and then nine eleven happened, and Gary Condit was like, "Thank you, Jesus, uh, <laughs> everything's going my way finally." Yeah, but I, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been great if they had? If I mean, if a nine eleven hadn't happened. <laughs> Yeah, that you know what? Now that you bring it up, it would have been great. Yeah, but then also if Gary Conan had had a chance for the big story to be that he didn't do it, he would be a fucking, well, he would still have been fucking 20-year-old girls. True, but, you know, do, you don't go to jail for that. No, but you're still a sleazeball. I mean, he's a fucking politician. Yeah. So basically, this the, it, came, it became a cold case for years. Um of course, Gary Conant lost his re-election and left, left office at the end of his term on January 3rd, 2003. So in 2005, our buddy, investigative journalist Dominic Dunn, was on Larry King, and, and he said he believed Gary Condit knew more information about the case than he'd been disclosing. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I had to Dominic do Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so Gary Condit filed two lawsuits against Dominic Dunn. 
Dominic Dunn, uh, forcing him into an undisclosed financial settlement for one, and the other one, which was a slander case, was eventually dismissed because, quote, the context in which Dunn's statements were made demonstrates that they were part of a discussion about speculation in the media Mm. and inaccurate media coverage. So they were actually talking about the case itself and how, you know, how that happens, where, like, how things become witch hunts. That makes sense. Um, the media were criticized for their rush to judgment in on this case um, and sometimes blatantly suggesting that Condit was guilty of murder. There were reporters that were camped out in front of his uh, Washington apartment who were quoted as saying that they would stay there until he resigned. So yeah. the, it was a legit wit- witch hunt against him. That politician thing, like the fact that people like I hope for both of us and never in our lives do we have the experience of having reporters camped outside of our fucking oh, house? Dude. Negative or positive. Well, and also because they can just take any little seed of anything yeah. or one person walking by and going, oh, I knew her. Yeah. I mean, anything could spin in any direction. They could go through your trash and find like a thing that points to this thing as evidence. Sure. Yeah, it's crazy. There, and there was, um, in the summer of 2008, the Washington Post ran a 13-part series uh, I didn't read it. Uh, <laughs> I can't of read. <laughs> of, <laughs> it's, too, it's an unlucky amount of parts. Yeah. Um, uh, which was, quote, a tale of tabloid and mainstream press pack journalism that helped derail this investigation. Wow. So it was basically all about that, how it just was uh, totally tried in the media. And meanwhile, the cops were kind of like, n- didn't know necessarily what to do or what was going on and didn't have a lot to go on. Well, they probably followed along the media as well. And so it, it misled them. For sure. They got a swayed. Uh, Newsweek magazine stated that the media may have become more skeptical of herd mentality and open to alternative suspects after the Levy case happened. That basically that changed the way people reported and reacted, like the journalism reacted to cases. In a, wait, in a positive way or a bad well, way? Well, I think in a positive way okay. of just being aware that that's what they would do that they, for that the story. You're affecting the actual outcome and the yeah. person's going to get caught. That they basically were like, oh, they were having an affair and in implying that he killed her. Right. Um, so anyway... It was a cold case until 2006. Yeah. Um, and then there was a new DC pol- police chief, a woman named Kathy Lanier, I'm assuming is how you pronounce it. And she replaced the lead detective on the case with three veteran investigators who had homicide experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, so who did you assign? Who did that original yeah. guy assign in the first place? What yeah. are you doing? Yep. Um, also, it made me reading that made me go, did Gary Condit have some kind of power over that first group of guys to be like, how about you don't how about you're not very accurate in your investigation of this? I mean, it's just a possibility. Well, this is I want to hear who you think did it, because that if he didn't, then that's then why would he do that? Go All on. Right. So here we go. I'm so I wanna to, hear I'll try end. to plow through this. No, no, you're good. Uh, so. Um, in 2007, the editors of the Washington Post assigned a new team of reporters to re-examine the case. Mm. And a se- there was a series of articles pu- pu- published in the summer of 2008 that focused on the failure of the police to fully investigate Guadagnique's connection to the attacks in Rock Creek Park. Yeah. So they had basically just seen that that guy had done that. When that when it turned out that that guy's story was this guy did it and Gary Condit paid him to do it and that turned out to be a lie they were like all right well, I guess we have no one it. yeah instead of oh the guy that's attacking women and raping women in Rock Creek Park they don't look at him that's insane so um in two in September 2008 
Which I love this because the investigators, it's like, so journalists are the one pushing this yeah. forward. They're fucking up, but they're also making good yeah. at the same time to different people. Um, uh, investigators searched Guadagnique's federal prison cell in California, and they found a photo of Chandra Levy what? that he had saved from a magazine. I... So uh, they finally arrested him in March of 2009. And uh, he was indicted by a grand jury for kidnapping, first-degree murder committed during a kidnapping, attempted first-degree sexual abuse, first-degree murder co- committed during sexual offense, attempted robbery, first-degree murder committed during a robbery. And he pled not guilty to everything. Um, in the trial, Chandra Levy's father testified that he intentionally pointed the investigators to Gary Condit. He said that he told authorities during the early years of the investigation his daughter would have been too cautious to jog in the woods alone. But he said that no, that he no longer believed that to be true. So the father, like, sick him. He, like, fucking pointed the finger. Wow. And kind of, by his own admission. But see, here's the thing. So... It's his own admission that he kind of saying he misled the cops. Mm -hmm. But at the same, so here's the whole paragraph on it. He said he also said, told police that his daughter and Condit had a five year plan between them to get married. In retrospect, Robert Levy admitted, I just said whatever came to mind just to point to him as the villain. Mm. Levy added that he had been convinced that Condit was guilty until we learned about this character here. Referring referring to Guadneke. I mean, that makes sense because like, if you're, like, if you know that your best friend's boyfriend was a fucking abusive whatever, and she now turns up dead, you can say something like, well, once she told me she was afraid that he was going to get, that yeah. he was going to kill her. Right. You slip that little thing in there, and it makes the case for him. Yep. But this, that wasn't true. Yeah. That wasn't the case. Right. But it wasn't him. That's why you don't do that, obviously. But. I mean, yeah. But it, but it makes sense why you would. Yeah, totally. Um, so... Gary Condit, when he testified in this trial, would not answer the question, were you having an affair with Chandra Levy? Wouldn't answer the question. Said it would, it would, um, it would, uh, violate Chandra's privacy and his privacy. Well, then the defense, of course, comes back with a pair of underwear with Gary Condit's DNA on it and says, did they get those? Pretty much have proof because they collected them from her apartment when the cops, you know, it's evidence. Um, and basically say, uh, yeah, you did. So you don't have to say it. At that we'll point, he should just you. be fucking honest. He absolutely should. But he's, you know, I don't, I think he, whatever. Um, so then the prosecution calls the two women, Guadneek raped while they were jogging in Rock Creek, Creek Park. And one testified that he grabbed her from behind, dragged her down a ravine, oh my God. held the knife against her face and raped her. Uh, which is, you know, Chandra's remains were found down a ravine. Totally. So anyway, this guy gets found guilty. Um, and this made me think of you because they said that Guadneek said to Levy's family during the sentencing, I'm sorry for what happened to your daughter, but insisted he was innocent. And Susan Levy, the mother, said to him, Do you, did you really take her life? Look me in my eyes and tell me. Mm. Which is your thing of like, just admit it. Yeah. Just admit it. Um, he was found guilty, sentenced to 60 years in prison. Wow. So... At that point, Condit's lawyer, Burt Fields, remarked, it's a complete vindication, but that comes a little late. Who gives him his career back? And Condit retired from politics, moved with his wife to Phoenix. The wife stayed with him, apparently. Well, if you're a fucking wife of a senator, you've got to be a little bit ding dong in yeah. the head, you know? Yeah. You gotta, you're, you're playing the big game. You're yeah. not going to just run at the yeah. first dead paid intern that this comes along. A- <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is bigger picture stuff. So they moved to Phoenix. This is the most depressing uh, paragraph I've ever read oh off God. of Wikipedia. Go. They moved to Phoenix to manage real estate and open two Baskin Robbins franchises, which have since closed. Oh. Okay, but then remember that Baskin Robbins was one of the things that she searched on her computer. <gasps> uh huh. Um. What? Well, guess what? Now they've asked for a retrial for this guy because they're saying. Everything, all the evidence against this guy it does not match up to her murder, which I know I uh, normally, it, and I'm sure this is just me being tabloidy myself, but uh, he was attacking people and robbing them and one woman he raped, but he wasn't yet a murderer. So it's not like she was the sixth body that they found, you know? Yeah, but, you know, one person fights a little harder true you get you're already was he already caught for the two rapes when he attacked her yeah like just a standard escalation so yeah so don't the the way to not get uh tried for rape when someone can id you is to murder to them, murder them that's know? right well on june 3rd 2015 the defense said a new witness a neighbor called 911 at 4 37 a.m on the last day levy was reported to be alive to report that she heard a blood curdling scream possibly coming from levy's apartment oh, and why didn't that come into the fucking play right and because that's it's a 911 call you can just go look it up yeah but they never the cops didn't find that person they didn't look that hard. so Or the person reported it and it got blown off. So they were like, must not, they must have more information than me. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, um, that kind of maybe leads to the direction of that she wasn't attacked while she was jogging and murdered in that ravine. She was murdered in her apartment and her body was dumped in that ravine after the cops looked. Sure. Uh, which would kind of make a little bit more sense. I mean, who who knows? Who knows? I just this is another case of the most obvious answer is usually the correct answer. Well, there's a rapist in that park. Yes, it's most likely him. Yeah, but they are. Uh, the defense attorneys have requested um, Gary Condit's bank, telephone, and credit card records, as well as any records from Mr. Condit's gym from around the time of the disappearance. Um, and they're looking for why the gym. I don't know, but they must know something specific. Yeah, which is why I was like, huh. Mm -hmm. So they're basically going way harder into searching Ugh. Condit as a suspect, which w I bet you they didn't do. They were they were trying not to right, before, right? They as didn't... being good DC cops, they're just like it's the actual, yeah, congressman. Yeah. Is it is he congressman or senator? <laughs> congressman. Um. Did I say senator throughout this? I did. I who knows? <laughs> I mean, Accuracy. Look. We're not known for it. <laughs> Looking for turtles, ladies and gentlemen. So anyway, this guy's going to get a new trial in on in October of this year. Man, that poor family. The yeah, ladies. it's it's pretty terrible. Oh, and also they they have um uh they're asking for notes from law enforcement interviews from former congressman Richard Army of Texas and John Doolittle of California because they are individuals Condit said he was meeting with on one of the important days oh. in question so they're basically going back over and picking his shit apart to make sure i think well, to make sure you know what the best fucking who the best 
witnesses are are fucking ex-girlfriends. That's right. So he's probably got a few of those. Oh, there was def- there was one in that article that was like a basically a air hostess, a stewardess or whatever that he told not to talk to the cops. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he would do that. Uh, he had a lot of stuff to be exposed, I think, but uh that's a that's a good one that's a cold case i would really really like to know the the real story of. that's a deeper one than it seems at first because mm-hmm. they're opening it back up like that's, something actually may come of it that's crazy yeah. that they're opening it back up yeah. i mean that makes me sad because what if it really was him and he gets he gets off yeah and then condent doesn't get tried because they don't have enough evidence and so nobody so this guy spent you know six years in prison yeah and that's it i know it's it's crazy i know also it's that thing of like there there this is also one of the ways affairs can end it's not just like oh you could (laughs) blow up your whole life yeah you could also get like shawshank redemption style railroaded into going to jail because i remember chandra levy is just anytime she would come on the news i'd just be like oh there it's that like it's the dirty girl and the and the Mm -hmm. case of the affair Mm -hmm. like you don't think about oh she's a victim or whatever it's just like i mean take away that one little piece that that she's boning a dude who's married and it's just this really tragic i mean she's this um ambitious intelligent woman who's starting to make a career for herself she makes a bad decision by sleeping with this married man, as people fucking do in D.C., it seems like. Sure. She goes for a jog before she goes home to graduate and gets murdered. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. It's a bummer, dude. Or is it? <laughs> or it, or was she there when some weird, she heard something she wasn't supposed to hear because he is a congressman? Wasn't there a while where they were like, she might have been pregnant and he killed her because she was pregnant, but I don't think she did. Well, maybe they couldn't tell she was pregnant, but. I think they can tell. That didn't come up here, but there was a ver- there's a very similar story, and I can't remember the woman's name, but it was like a, a super, it was on Forensic Files and like a couple of those other ones. Mm-hmm. And it was basically the same story, but the girl was, I think she was Irish Catholic. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. And her, and she got, ra- they found her body wrapped up in a rug, and then it turned out to be her boyfriend, who was this really powerful businessman in, um, I can't remember if it was DC or Boston or something. Did they do a DNA test on the fetus? And it and it matched him i think so that sounds i mean that sounds correct <laughs> what are we mind. even doing right now oh no it's just like any murder at any any murder i've ever seen we are getting deep remember that girl that had curly hair <laughs> anyway that's mine that's a good one good job thank you <laughs> that High was five. fun that was fun <laughs> that was a wild ride yeah There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Um, All right. My favorite murder. Yes. Themeless favorite murder. Uh, Sylvia Marie Likens. Hmm. This one I hadn't heard about until we started the podcast and I fucking went down a rabbit hole of click, click, clickbait on the Facebook group. Nice. And it's fucking tragic. Get ready because it's depressing. Okay. Um, So uh, Sylvia Marie Likens was born January 3rd, 1949. Vintage murders. Love Mm -hmm. them. Love it. She and she's from Indianapolis. And essentially, she was tortured to death by Gertrude Banaszewski. Banas Banaszewski. 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 <laughs> and uh, and her children and other people from the neighborhood. I know this one. Fuck man. Horrible. So this is this took place. She died. The girl Sylvia died in October 26, 1965. So she was 16 years old. Um, so Lichen's family moved frequently because her parents were carnival workers. Oy. The parents had financial difficulties. So in 1965, and no teeth, probably. Yeah. So in 1965, the father Lester Lichen's arranged for his daughters, his two daughters, to board with to board with Gertrude to live with her. Gertrude was 37, um, and she was the mother of the a new friend of the two girls named Paula, who was 17. Um, and she moved in with, with Gertrude and Paula and Paula's six siblings. Um, Lester said he didn't pry, quote, didn't yeah. want to pry into the conditions of the house. He reported at Good the trial. Mm-hmm. Wait, well done, Lester. I don't want to pry. That's You're, how carnies are. They're not going to stick their nose in your business. You're sending your kids. And he encouraged Gertrude to, quote, straighten out his daughters. Great. Even from all accounts, these seemed like nice girls, even if they weren't. Um, and they were paying Gertrude twenty dollars a week to care for her, which I think the equivalent of like one fifty mm-hmm. now. She's like cheap. Yeah. So Gertrude described Gertrude was described as quote haggard, underweight, asthmatic, suffering from depression, and the stress of several failed marriages. You got to see this woman. This photo of her, man, she <laughs> is a fucking salty bitch. <laughs> like, there's definitely a shank in her purse. Kind of a person. And she's a single lady. Uh, single at this point with like, I think there was six, six or seven, six, seven kids. Wow. Aging from like 17 down to like 18 months. Jesus. Yeah. So she could still get it. Seven children. Okay. I mean, she's 37. That's two years older than I am. <laughs> and she was a fucking salty old woman. Like the photos, man, these eyebrows are something else. Oh, pre-waxing days. Oh, just sh- she just shaved them off and drew them on. Oh, those are the scary ones. Yeah. This chick is, I would not want to meet her in an anywhere <laughs> even a light alley <laughs> yeah um so da, 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 she began so when they moved in 
um, Gertrude started taking her anger out, which apparently there was a lot of it on the Likens girls. And they soon focused exclusively on Sylvia. So accusing her of petty crimes, um, the daughter Paula, who was pregnant at the time, kicked Likens in the genitals and accused her of being pregnant and a slut, which she wasn't. Wow. Um, this, some of, okay, I have to fucking warn everyone that some of this, I'm not going to say all of it, that this torture is like intense and awful. And there's a photo of this girl and she just looks sweet and normal and it's awful. So, um, Lydia Likens was accused by the family that she was spreading rumors about Paula. And so this provoked Stephanie's boyfriend, Coy Hubbard, which like, man, if that's not a fucking petty thief's name, I don't know what is, um, to physically attack Likens. So this girl is getting tortured by the mother, her daughter, all the kids, the local teens, like boyfriends. It's like a hobby for them at this point. She encouraged, Gertrude encouraged the kids and the neighborhood kids to torment Likens. Some of her stuff I don't want to talk about, but they said that by the time of her death, she had over a hundred cigarette, cigarette burns on her body. Um, it's really fucking brutal and, and, and creepy sexual stuff, sadist. I mean, it's fucking sadist stuff, sexual stuff for humiliation, not for legitimate sexual reasons. Right. You know? to break this poor girl's spirit and just because they can right like just basically they're all a little bit fucked up and clearly you know and it escalates and it becomes i feel like it becomes fun for them yeah it's not like stanford prison experiment where you have one person that's your prisoner and suddenly it brings out all the like you don't see them as a human anymore yeah it feels like uh, the kid Paula once hit her so hard in the face she broke her own wrist. Fuck. This is like it breaks my heart and it makes me want to become a foster parent so much more because, man, these some of these some people's fucking living situations are just insane. Insane. So the sister, little sister, attempted to contact the family, um, even the sister, who older sister, and she visited the home and learned of the abuse, but learned of the abuse but did not call the police or remove her sister from the phone there was a couple people who were like yeah i saw some weird shit but i never called you know i never called the cops i never called anyone i didn't want to pry also that was back when you could like open hand slap other people's kids right like it wasn't that big of a deal to get punched if you were being bad yeah and if an adult said a kid was bad that was the end of the story yeah that's very true yeah so the parents didn't um didn't interfere um let's see the girl so she stopped going to school and um she was locked in the cellar fuck so shortly before her death okay this is oh god so shortly before her death gertrude carved the words i am prostitute and proud of it on lichen's abdomen with a heated kneel whoa and a couple other things happened it's fucking so tragic i'm sorry if i'm bumming everyone out so bad right now well that's that's what we're here for so on October 25th, 1965, the day before she died, Likens tried to escape after overhearing Gertrude's plan to blindfold her and dump her body in the forest. Um, but she got caught. So on the 26th, after multiple beatings, burnings, and scalding baths, Likens Ugh. died of a brain hemorrhage, shock, and malu- malnutrition. Holy shit. At 16 years old. And then when she realized she was dead, Gertrude 
Like they, they did this crazy thing where they called the police and Gertrude had forced had forced Sylvia to write a letter saying, you know, she had had sex with a bunch of boys and exchanged for money and that they had dragged her away and basically they had beaten her and it was there. They had like she made her write a letter saying that this is what happened to her. So before the police officers left the house, like, okay, that's what happened. You yeah. Know, Jenny, the little sister, approached them and said, get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Oh, shit. Thank God she finally got some balls. Yeah. Like, the whole time, it makes you wonder, like, why didn't someone tell someone, a teacher or... Yeah, but if it's... if, if You have to think, if she's the salty old broad that's, like, there with all those kids, they were probably, like, the bad family of the town. Yeah. It, I bet you there wasn't a lot of interaction or people coming in and out of that house. And it's this thing of, like, you you listen to authority back yep. then. Yeah. Someone who was an older, an, an older person who was in charge was the authority and you didn't question that. And you didn't, none, these things didn't happen. Like no. this would just, if you, someone told you this was happening, you'd be like, that's disgusting. Yeah. Don't ever say that again. It's not happening. And you probably deserve to get slapped in the face because you were being bad. Yep. Whatever. Gosh. Okay. So during the trial, Gertrude denied being responsible for the death. She pled not guilty by reason of insanity. Um, and, Four of the minors who took part in the abuse were also put on trial. So Paula, the, the older daughter, John, the younger son, Richard Hobbs, who was like a family friend and good old Coy Hubbard, uh, who was 15 wow. and doing some insane stuff to her that I don't want to talk about. Um, in his closing statement, Gertrude's lawyer said, I condemn her for being a murderess, but I say she's not responsible because she's not all here tapping himself on the ha- tapping on the head she's not all here she's yeah. not responsible that was supposed to be a better voice but it wasn't really <laughs> i liked it it was old-fashioned i was trying yeah so on may in may 1966 gertrude was convicted of first degree murder she was spared the death penalty and was sentenced to life in prison but of course she didn't get life in prison no. she was free on parole by 1985 having been a model prisoner and she said, the Lord has forgiven me and I have peace inside. That's nice, you fucking Yeah, cunt. that's the priority is how you feel. Yeah, the you Lord monster. totally forgave you yep. and you have peace. That's great. Jesus loved what you did to you that You get girl. to move on with your fucking life. But yep. you know who doesn't? The girl you killed. Yeah. Uh, but five luckily years she's later, haunting your basement. Yeah. Five years later, she died of what I can only hope was painful lung cancer. <laughs> Uh, everyone else totally got out of prison and they became teachers. And, no. Yep. And what? Uh, yeah, so the boys were sentenced to, to two to 21 years and were released in three. You guys should, everyone should go. If you feel like murdering, you should, because you're just fucking not going to get punished for it at all. <laughs> I It bothers me so much. I hope that someday in this podcast, we can either A, solve a murder <laughs> or B, B, change change sentencing laws can we do that karen yes i think this podcast has (laughs) has just enough influence and span to really get out there well i mean that is so crazy to think that one of those people that tortured a young girl became a teacher yeah to be in charge of young girls and boys that doesn't even make sense it doesn't it boggles the mind and it, it the thing about all of this shit is that you can't keep convincing yourself that the world is a fair and just place. And who's trying to convince themselves? People who aren't into true crime. Oh, well, that's their problem. And they're not listening anyway. Yeah. They don't want to (laughs) know. Whereas like people like us are so aware 
and so incensed by how fucked up this world is. How what un- city did that happen in? Indianapolis, which wow. is like, do people still live there? <laughs> in the Midwest? Yeah. I w- also, I wonder if it's that thing of like the Midwestern thing of people keeping to themselves. Sure. Being private and not being nosy is a big thing. I mean, the dad didn't want to pry into the where his... I want to know the stories of like, were they on drugs or were they total like gutter drunk alcoholics? You don't just give your children away. I'm sure they were alcoholics. Yeah. If they worked at a carnival, for God's sake. I think it said that he had alcohol problems and then the parents like hated each other and I think they divorced. And so he was like, take, you know, the the sons, there was like three sons in the family, in the Likens family, and they got sent to live with grandma. But the girls, go fend for yourselves. Rough. Oh yeah, and were they locked up early? Like, why didn't they run away? I know that's that's another thing in my mind. Is like, you would be so much better off living on the streets. Wait, isn't there a movie with Ellen Page about this story? I think there is. I'm almost positive it came out over five years ago, but I think there is. I could see her playing that part, but most people didn't talk about it because it's so fucking dark. It's it's so there's no. There's no silver lining. No, it There's goes straight. No, it goes straight down into hell. It's just one hopes that Jenny Likens, a little sister, had an okay life, but could she have? Probably not. I don't know. Unless she's one of those people that like became like a victim's rights advocate. That's that happens a lot to people. That's true. Because that's crazy. Also, it was the it was the mid '60s. So this was before there was ever aware there was awareness about dr- uh, child abuse yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. That was. But it was right on the edge, like what you're describing. If it was 1925, I'd be like, oh, okay. But it's so much later than that. Well, I mean, yeah. Look at spankings. Spankings someday, people are going to be like, that is abuse, straight up abuse. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like up until recently, it was like, yeah, that's how you punish your kids. Well, and also up until recently, they didn't think, what kind of a teacher wants to spank children? Yeah. Like, that's... That it needs to turn around where it's like it's not about these kids' behavioral problems. It's about an adult in this position who signed up to be a teacher, who signed mm-hmm. up to be around children and can't handle themselves around children. And reinforcing bad behavior in children and letting them know that the the answer to the answer to a problem is physical violence. Yeah. And the person who's supposed to be taking care of you loses their mind and will will hurt you to teach you a lesson. Also just that ca- the capacity of human beings to, to be total sadists. And yeah. like, if you, if you bring some kids around and go, you can beat her up if you want to. Yes, they're going to do it. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Yeah. And these are probably all children from, you know, bad backgrounds as well. Mm-hmm. So they don't have compassion and they weren't shown compassion by their fucking alcoholic parents probably and that's there it's a learned fucking behavior dark it's so dark it's rough oh do you want to hear something that might lighten you up carrot it's, clink. it's not gonna lighten it up it's but it's it's definitely gonna make you uh it's just enjoy- did you already listen it's just enjoyable well i was there when, when she recorded oh, it oh cool um so our friend Kara clank Hilarious stand-up comic, Hilarious. Um, performer. Yeah, I went and did her podcast, which is called Sisters with Carmen Lynch, who's another stand-up comic nice. that I know. And uh, at the end of that, she started talking about um, 
how much she loves true crime. And then she said, but she thought she was going to be a guest. And I was like, no, we don't have guests. Yeah, that's what I said too. We don't want anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was like, but I want to hear your hometown murder. So here's Kara Klink's hometown murder. Okay, so this is not quite a hometown thing, but I did go to college an hour and 15 minutes from my hometown uh, in Connecticut, and I went to college with a girl whose husband mysteriously disappeared from their honeymoon cruise. Uh, they were uh, on this cruise together, and the I think the saddest part of the story usually when I tell it is that if they hadn't gotten so blacked out balls to the wall wasted this probably never would have happened um because they got really drunk they separated they were rumors they were like hanging out with these czech teenagers or something like that i don't know what they were doing probably just partying with them uh and they got separated and another girl on the boat took a picture of a huge blood splatter stain on the on the deck of the ship which is on this big dateline there's a whole dateline report on this and uh and uh, so it was obviously something happened, but his body was never recovered. They were in the middle of, I believe, the Caribbean or the Mediterranean. Like, obviously, he was shark bait. Like, they probably weren't going to find anything. But um, she was, you know, on the talk show circuit on, with, like, Oprah and, like, Scarborough Country and all these shows. And I think people found that she did not appear to be a sympathetic enough wife. Like, she wasn't bawling crying she wasn't people thought maybe she married him for you know it's like everybody's imagination takes off but like uh i don't think he had a ton of money to speak of so it wasn't like an insurance killing that i don't really actually knowing her i really don't think she had anything to do with um this disappearance slash murder um but it was pretty scandalous and i was actually on dateline when they when they were investigating it i was working at nbc one of my friends worked at Dateline and was like, does anybody here go to this college in Connecticut? And I was like, oh, I went there. And they were like, do you know this girl whose husband disappeared? I was like, yeah, we played softball together. Holy and she was shit. like, oh my God, they really want to interview you on Dateline. <gasps> and I was like, okay. Like, do I get to be on TV? I'm in. Like, I was <laughs> all in. And then I went on and I just sort of talked generally about her. And it was so embarrassing because, first of all, I thought they were going to do my hair and makeup. They don't do that. And second of all, they, like, took a bunch of b-roll of me like walking downstairs slowly and they took an old picture of me and my softball team that this girl is in where my eyes are closed and i'm maybe the fattest i've ever been in my entire life and i was like just don't focus on my face and dateline was like oh we gonna focus on your face and they went right to my face after that and then went to her face so you know i wasn't super happy with dateline's production but it was a really it's a really crazy sort of unsolved case that um is also interesting because his parents and I believe Jen, the girl he was married to, who I knew, were going trying to take on the cruise line because those. If, I don't know if anyone that's been on a cruise, like there's cameras everywhere, and they acted like they had nothing on tape of like where this guy was or what happened or anything. Like, how did this blood splatter stain get like this? It was a huge stain on the deck, and it's just very scandalous that they won't like kind of let this information out because people think they're scared about getting sued or whatever. So I know that they made a lifetime movie about it. I know there's a dateline about it. You can search into it more. Uh, the dateline, if you want to Google Kara Clank and few clues found in honeymoon disappearance, will take you right to the link because it's a very scary Google result for myself. Wow. That is my hometown murder. <laughs> that, I, I totally so know everything. I totally know everything she's talking about. I, I've seen the blood stain. Yeah. Blood splatter stain. I've seen the lifetime movie. 
Oh, shit. And then she showed me the clip of the Dateline that she was on. And it's hilarious because it's one of those things where it literally does. It's her softball team, like her intramural softball team. Uh So they go in close on her and literally her eyes are closed. She weighs... 40 pounds heavier than she is now yeah. and she and she it's just like if you showed up to play softball how you'd look right. and then it pans over to the girl and the girl's completely she said the girl's was decked out in makeup no matter what sport she was playing Holy or shit. what full face of makeup always and curled hair clearly the the wife has nothing to do with this but i don't know i, rem- I mean they got shammered and then separated what would she yes how would she On their honeymoon. make him bleed that much he got in a fight with someone. They beat him up. They threw him over. Yeah, those Czech teens on the date Dateline thing I saw, which I don't know if it was the same one or whatever. Um, uh, it, they completely suspect them of uh trying to get money out of him, or I, there was something yeah. that they did, and they were like, "It's them, basically." It's to- I mean, but she how wasn't around. Like, why did they split up? That's the weird thing. Yeah, I mean. One would think that on their honeymoon they'd stick together, but you just never know. Who knows? Maybe she was like, fuck you, I don't want to do coke. Yeah, or she could have been like, I need to go get some waffles. Yeah. And then like... We'll meet back up. Who knows? Ugh, fuck fuck going on a cruise, man. You couldn't couldn't pay me enough to get Ebola on a cruise. (laughs) There's a lot of minuses. I mean, crazy shit happens and you're like out in international waters. Like nothing, no one can help you. That's a huge nope. Yeah. Yeah, no thanks. Yes, I have. My parents met on a cruise. My dad no. was a purser and my mom was a nurse on That's the cutest thing I've ever cruises. heard. Cruises, yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That is so adorable. We're cruise people. <laughs> I, and I I appreciate families who cruise, but like being alone with a, my husband, I wouldn't do that. No, we went on for my mom's, I think it was her 60th birthday, we, uh, we went on a cruise and it was just really boring. I mean, it was gorgeous. <laughs> it was to Alaska, so it was gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Just we eat. got to see cool stuff. But you're stuck on a boat. With, like, semi-okay, like, airplane food? Yeah, it was fine. Everything was just fine. Yeah. You know? Eh. It was weird. Pass. I mean. Um, well, if you've got a hometown story, we want to know about it. We do. We're going to do a mini, so we keep saying that, but we really are going to. So please send us yours. Um so we can uh, so we can talk about it. It's a uh, my favorite murder at Gmail. That's right. Um, and look out for the t-shirts; they're coming soon. And r- rate, review, and subscribe, please, on yeah. iTunes for We're those ratings. We're on that comedy chart, man. That yeah, makes me feel good. Inside. Someone said they saw us in the top ten. No way. Th- that's what someone said to me. That's but cool. I didn't look it up because I was like, oh, my God. And you know also what? then whatever. I'm going to I'm going to hold that as fact. You know what? I think we're number one. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. And thank you for your support. You're great listeners. Yeah. So much fun. Let's can we this is our tagline now. Right. And are you OK with this? Yeah. OK. So you do your part and I'll do my part. All right. You guys stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Elvis, <laughs> do you want a cookie? Want a cookie? Bye. Bye.